0: Welcome, everyone, to the Pop Culture Podcast by Fantastic Geek. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete.
1: Hello, Matt. Hello, everyone. Here today to talk Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull.
0: Pete, I didn't think we were going to have to talk about this movie, and (laughs) now we are. Uh, In part because we found ourselves with a couple of weeks to fill before we really launch on Star Trek Strange New World Season 2. Uh, The show, of course, returns Thursday, June 15th and Marvel's Secret Invasion the following Wednesday, Wednesday, June 21st. Uh, So thusly, we are brought here back to the past.
1: Our Strange New Worlds podcast, Matt, talks season two episode titles that hit feeds this week. Uh, A clip of the court-martial from uh, the first or the second, not quite clear, episode hit yesterday so we're fully in promotional mode doesn't look like there's gonna be a super duper gold carpet premiere because of the writer strike i guess
0: uh also we will be talking uh some of the behind the scenes for secret invasion some of the the footage that's been shared recently uh on our secret invasion podcast looking forward to that discussion it, it really is interesting pete we've been in this l- low period and it really is a case of there's a lot of things coming very very soon uh, and indeed farther down the line
1: yes we got dates this week and we will discuss them in earnest on that secret invasion podcast for loki season two which will begin to stream october 6th Matt, don't like watching things a week at a time. Disney Plus, for the first time ever, is going to give us a Marvel series all at once with Echo on November 29th.
0: Yeah. Have to assume either it's the great, that Echo will either be the greatest thing that Marvel Studios has ever made, or this is a burn off, you know, rumors of it having, there having been trouble with the production and going back and reshooting major portions. And, you know, sometimes, Uh, rumors like that are background noise but uh one to watch how about that one to watch in terms of its quality and so forth is it six episodes is it four are the rumors true that whole episodes were, were were cut out of it things of that sort so i'm certainly not rooting against the show but uh not a great headwind for it at the present time
1: On that Marvel Secret Invasion podcast, Matt, we will be raffling away a Black Panther Wakanda Forever digital download code. That first episode is going to stream on Saturday, June 24th. So any review left to uh, Secret Invasion, to Marvel Movie Podcast feed, going to put you in the running for
0: that. Later in the summer, Pete, of course, we will be podcasting Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Uh, Side note, some prognostication there that we're looking at the first half of August, just with how other things line up like Loki, uh, like Secret Invasion and all of that. Uh, But looking forward to uh, discussing Ahsoka. And of course, in the last week, Pete, the surprising and sad news that uh, Ahsoka cast member and longtime stalwart on uh, the big screen and the small screen, Ray Stevenson, had passed away.
1: Could not believe it when i saw it 58 years young um ready to blow up in this series playing a character named Balin skull um so yeah we we'll definitely discuss that the next time we will talk ahsoka um matt the writer's strike continues here well past three weeks uh not only had marvel's wonder man Uh, suffered the delay but now thunderbolts as well
0: yeah and look obviously the studios and their pr departments and so forth are keeping things on the quieter end it seems that thunderbolts Thunderbolts was either in production or prepping for production, but it also seems that it's not a one day delay on Thunderbolts. It seems that's just on pause. Ditto with Wonder Man. I feel like there was conflicting news as to whether Daredevil Born Again, certainly it had been shut down for a day or perhaps then the next day, like, you know, perhaps two successive single day shutdowns. Uh, I read more recently. Maybe that has been shut down as well. Uh, again, I think true info is tough to come by. Pete. There are some of these the studios are playing some of these games with the workers mm-hmm. that are still working. You know, hey, we're not gonna do an eight a m camera uh call time. We're gonna do a four a m camera sneaky time so that means sneaky. You need yeah. to show up at twelve thirty a m for you know like all this stuff, which of course you know i I feel for the little people, but this strike is about the little people just yes. of another union so you know it's it's a tough situation for a lot of people and all it takes is one person to say they changed the call time to 4 a.m and guess what you get three riders to show up uh the the teamsters respect that as a picket line and oftentimes that teamsters truck doesn't cross so good luck getting all your stuff and and all that but uh, pete i think we will see a, an only uh greater encompassing strike situation in the coming weeks
1: yeah and as we prepare to talk these shows, you know, one in each of the three pillars of what Fantastic Geek does, you know, your your Star Trek, your Marvel, and your Star Wars, um, when they roll, they'll be less in the tank the further this strike drags out. And this with the potential for a Director's Guild uh, and an Actors' Guild strike uh, taking place as well. Uh, Of course, Matt, we will be bringing Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny to your ears uh, once it has hit screens on June 30th. We got our tickets the other day. Uh, We will be bringing you that by the 4th of July.
0: Uh, and Pete, since we last spoke about Indiana Jones, uh it's been announced that uh the first four movies will be uh on Disney Plus starting May thirty-first. Not clear whether that is exclusive. Uh of course Paramount and Paramount Plus have yeah, you know, that's where you can find the movies right now. Also, Pete, perhaps a double edged sword. Perhaps it was the podcast gods hearing my words <laughs> from the last time. Um what used to be called the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, now I think is called the Adventures of Young Indiana Jones. But regardless, the T V show it's still
1: unwatchable is what
0: it is. Well, look, I like we've discussed before, I have less than fond memories of uh of the show when it came out. I will say that the first of the four T V movies that got made that are now considered to be the last four episodes of the series um, the first one of that um, is one I have fond memories of and maybe is a, 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 a something to discuss at a later time regardless the show as well is going to be on Disney plus. At worst Pete, it's gonna be something that anybody can it's something that I will certainly pop on and if it still is complete garbage, um, so be it if it's something where it's like ah eh, this isn't too bad you know while I put my put my socks away or whatever it might be uh, how about this Pete? There certainly are some episodes I have never seen. There's some new Indiana Jones content out there that's canonical, uh, some of which gets referenced in the movie we're about to talk and so forth. So it, it's only a plus, even if it's not a plus, that is is gonna be a, a great watch.
1: Who knew, Matt, that Indiana Jones also had uh Ewok made for TV movies?
0: Um I'll just say, Pete, the, fir- the 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 short blurb on that movie, it, it has a title which I could dig out. But again, it's now con- considered an, uh, an episode. Uh, basically, it's young Indiana Jones goes to Hollywood where he works with Pete. Get ready for the mirror of George Lucas here. He goes to work with big, powerful, like, you know, uh, German transplant director who's like, make the giant epic. And that is less authentic than when Indiana Jones hangs with John Ford, who's driving out there in the desert and like quick everybody pull over capture that sunset uh the message being it's that natural smaller scale filmmaker who is better says George Lucas who would go on to make the prequels in giant form and so forth so I think there's an interesting discussion there of art and mirror and life and all of that um about Indiana Jones and about George Lucas and I think that brings us to uh to this film here
1: yeah, because uh, you're definitely having that one on the podcast with yourself there. I am not uh, sitting through any more of those. It was bad enough that I turned out for the first couple and then watched the uh, the one that Harrison Ford is in for minutes. But, Matt, to uh, better things here, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull here, um, a film released 19 years after the previous to end that trilogy, uh, 1989 to 2008, with a real-time passage in the movie of also 19 years, Last Crusade, of course, the body of the narrative occurring in 1938, and The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull in 1957, with Harrison Ford at 64 years old, a movie that... I needed to believe when I finally saw it the same as I will with dial of destiny.
0: Um, let me say this as a prelude to things. I, I like my TV when I watch other shows and movies on it, things look good. Watching this movie from beginning to end. I felt that it had cool tones to it. I don't know if that's how it was shot. Maybe that's a paramount plus thing. Uh, again, I would defend my TV, uh, I think there are legitimately scenes, many of these VFX scenes that maybe don't work. Um, there's definitely a case of lighting issues. I think perhaps they have muted the colors because there's been green spill or blue spill coming from the green or blue screen in the background and so forth. So maybe if you're going to have you know more shallow colors in the monkey swinging scene maybe it needs to be similarly muted throughout otherwise it doesn't stick out but that struck me from go that like i'm watching a movie like where are the vibrant reds and golds the, the the golds from the desert of the first one the reds uh from temple of doom and so forth um again i've watched the previous three on paramount plus as well and something was just visually off with the camera work and that's before we even talk about the vfx or other things
1: interesting that you've watched it through paramount plus and we're talking about it hitting disney plus whether or not it will get yanked from that former service but uh i proudly own the blu-rays watched it there didn't notice so much of an issue with the look and it's something i've I've watched quite a bit through the years. Um, Paramount, Matt, the the thing that we always tend to start with these first four Indiana Jones films, it'll be interesting. We mentioned off mic before we started here, some idea of uh, Paramount involvement, uh, the dissolve from the logo to the prairie dog mound here. Really enjoy that. Be interesting to see if that carries over for Dial of
0: Destiny. I yes, Paramount Pictures has a has financial participation in Dial of Destiny. I don't know what sort of on screen credit they may or may not get. Um, it may be they may say, and part of financial participation is you know much like with the Spider Man movies that have two logos, Sony and Marvel Studios. You know there needs to be a Paramount logo in there. If so then go to something that can dissolve to something that looks like the paramount mountain. Even if you're not going to have the paramount logo still open with something that looks like the paramount mountain. I mean, they've done it for four movies. Let's do it for the fifth and final one. Um, right off the bat here, when that prairie dog pops out, because I have to admit Pete, I did not remember what year this came out. Um, and that prairie dog popped out. My wife and I both were like, "Ooh, that is a bad-looking prairie dog. Like that's not a good effect there to open the movie with." Um,
1: I don't mind them. I really don't. I've, you know, heard people complain about them for years. They don't take me out of it. the The one scene that takes me out of it is is the monkey thing. And even then, at least they made an attempt with the pompadour haircut with mutt and everything there um i'll make no apologies for liking this film i think uh to get this atomic era adventure that they link a lot of things in there the idea of the 1947 air force fiasco which of course is roswell never directly mentioned that way even though we see roswell on the inside of the um you know uh, magnetized container the russians are looking for the the red scare you know this late 1950s uh idea this this was the roller coaster that uh was was promised and i i think they largely deliver on
0: i feel like much as Star Wars recently has had Star Wars leadership has had this reflection on what is Star Wars and how far do you go from the original but still make it familiar and all of that This movie this movie had me wondering you know must Indiana Jones be tied to the 30s and 40s I, I would agree with you Pete things are just fine here in 1957 I don't know that I'm getting the kind of full cold war um, oomph to it versus just who are the baddies in the Cold War? the Russians. Uh, I'll say this, Pete. It certainly has aged well, um, but uh, you know th- th- there's that aspect. I, I also kind of was wondering too, in a meta sense, the first movie is fiction that is a tangent off of the Hebrew Bible, and uh the third movie is a tangent off of the Christian Bible. I must confess I don't know a lot of uh Asian and Southeast Asian faiths and so forth, but from my novice eyes uh the second film I'm not saying that what we saw was a documentary and how people of that faith particularly behave, but I kind of would believe it as you know one notch over of reality to have this at the end of the day be an alien story. I love plenty of alien stories. I feel like just for me. Okay, just for me there's something that's kind of not authentically indiana jones that there's in the world of indiana jones there actually are aliens and you, you might say but you actually believe that there's a cup of christ that you can drink from you actually believe that the that there are evil spirits inside the the real ark of the covenant i, I will grant you it's a weird line to draw but the first 3 are earthbound in their faiths and this in in the faith that they ask of, uh, of us, do you believe that these things could happen? Okay. The earthbound. this one, not. And and I feel like it's, it still is a bit of a tough pill to swallow.
1: Uh, Not aliens, Matt interdimensional beings in point of fact. Um, I I get the criticism, but I, I think it all works within an established tangential world of Indiana Jones, that if we're going to believe that he's interacted with the Ark of the Covenant and the Holy Grail and Sankara Stones, okay, that uh, crystal skulls, which really exist, that there could somehow be the connection to this mythos here. And then additionally, El Dorado and the Aztec culture and all the developments they had long before other civilizations. I really like the marrying of ideas that, that goes into this to open with you know, this uh, Nevada uh, military installation, which we come to understand is a nuclear test site and then has the, the big warehouse, which may or may not have been the same warehouse that the Ark was originally taken to but is now the resting place of it in addition to these uh, magnetized mummified remains that the Russians have kidnapped Indy and his new old sidekick Mac with a gambling problem who's a triple agent um, so that they can uh, find what they're looking for uh, with the gunpowder and the uh, shotgun shells, um, I think you you dive right back into what Indiana Jones is with the the touchstones of the John Williams score for the Ark of the Covenant, and then with Cate Blanchett's Colonel Doctor Arena Spalco, um, you know the the teasing that. She could have psychic powers, but is also interested in what she's looking for to give her psychic powers.
0: And uh, this Kate Blanchett character, on the one hand, you know, it tracks with other uh, tracks with all the other villains that we've had from the previous films in terms of that, you know, that line from the what we understand to be real world and the mystic, the religious, the, the extraordinary and so forth. Um, part of me wondered, you know, Cate Blanchett ha- has been a major talent from, you know, when she first appeared in Hollywood, I think maybe her, her first major thing was talented Mr. Ripley, but you know, at this point she's a big name is the part bigger than it needs to be because it needs to be Kate Blanchett sized. Um, and she needs to have all these moments versus, you know, versus some of the other films. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I would agree that this, this hangar 51 area 51, uh, portion is fun. Some of these stunts as well as they're, uh, as they're racing along in this giant warehouse, they're really solidly based and so forth. Um, this movie did have me thinking back to the prior three, particularly temple of doom, where, you know the the availability for special effects was much less so or shall we say person-based special effects were, were difficult to come by so you know then harrison ford in his late 30s in the best shape of his life you just sit and go you need to do do these things uh versus other options here that you you know uh, for among other reasons different technology and also you're not going to ask a 60 something to do what you you know you ask a 30 something um we get to this model town here i Pete, I will just take as truth that when one does these bomb tests, that they do things like install televisions with electricity and turn them on to a channel so, and, and things of that sort. Um, we get, Pete, the infamous lead-lined refrigerator, the the modern-day successor to... I love
1: it. I love it.
0: Now, now, I do not believe that that Indiana Jones survives that blast why not um, in, what?
1: in a lead-lined in a lead-lined refrigerator? Oh, why not? Uh, I'm uh, going to test for uh, all right? We we want to know height of Red Scare, you know, Cold War. We want to know what these bombs, uh, our own others, could do to us. Okay, let let's fully test it out. You know that you got the hose and the the model dog and the family sitting in there and yeah, the TV is going to be on. We want to know what, what's going to happen if the TV was on, would it just the power go out and, and then, you know, they're atomized. Uh, it's, it's a fun sequence. You turn your brain off. In these movies, these are not thinking people's movies. Okay. Like this is a rollicking adventure. It's not made for tremendous depth. It, it's Okay
0: it's not that I doubt that the lead lined refrigerator that the lead could protect him from the, the radiation. It's, it's the, you know, what has now become known as nuke the fridge, just the notion that, that a a soft human body could be thrown around (laughs) in there like that and still kind of pop out. Um, I I feel like that is, that is, come on. (laughs) I, I feel like it's in excess of, what we've gotten from the other Indiana Jones movies that have been so, you know, factually based, so realistically based, you
1: believe the physics of the mine cart chase, okay? I do because because uh, a lot
0: of it's real because all of it is physically real, and the couple of parts of the mine car chase that don't look real, specifically some of the jumps, they don't look real. So I or think that a that...
1: man could be safely dragged uh, under uh, a, a car in a chase, a truck. Okay. Like, come on,
0: come on. Yes. It's a, strike. but some of those other things, I believe them because they happened, they happened in camera. Like part of what's interesting about this movie Harrison is... Ford
1: was really in that box when they, when they shot it <laughs> that far. Okay. That's, that's the kind of shape he was in at 64 when he, when he did this, that he did everything they'd allow him to do, including maybe get in a refrigerator that got shot like that
0: what's interesting about the time of when this movie came out is i feel like we didn't know it at the time but it sort of was this in-between point where you know at this point computer graphics a la jurassic park are 15 years old so they're very mature and you don't necessarily approach making a movie like this the way spielberg did with jurassic park where you say we need to limit 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 the big computer stuff because let's not forget Jurassic park. They weren't even going to do computers at the very beginning. And, and you know that's how cutting edge it was. So, you know, Jurassic park famously with like 13 minutes of computer generated footage. Um, you don't need to limit your thinking anymore. So that's good. But also I would argue some of these effects like we'll talk about in a little bit, a lot of the jungle stuff, you know, this was crying out for an led volume, which fine is only about five years old. Um, but. Effects you know, things like realistic physics simulation for, oh, let's let's dial back the refrigerator a little bit or things like that aren't necessarily part of their vocabulary. So on the one hand, I don't know if I should mark it down because that's like saying, I don't know, it's like saying, you know, the animation from uh, some of the 1930s Walt Disney stuff isn't as good as it is a, as a Pixar. Yeah, because it's all hand-drawn in black and white versus what you can do now. So I don't know if I'm being fair or unfair, but... Uh, Pete, I, I will never, I will never say it's okay to nuke the fridge.
1: And I always will. Did you notice, looking back, Lost, your Russian from Lost?
0: Uh, I did, I did. The, certainly a familiar face there, absolutely.
1: Kyle Bakunin uh, there, quite a few uh, actors needed there for the uh, the, the Russian force's uh, in the particular, in the in the opening scene there. But um, to the full-on uh, consequences of the prologue that the FBI has shown up, that Indy gets uh, detoxed from the radiation, and we have the janitor from Scrubs, as well as Enoch from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to question a potential commie.
0: I'm just going to assume in my own heart, Pete, now that Indiana Jones is part of the Disney family overall, fine share of the Paramount, whatever. I'm just going to assume that it actually was Enoch um, and that therefore <laughs> Indiana Jones is part of the Marvel continuity. That's fine. That's fine. Um If anything, it elevates the piece. Um, yeah, an interesting story choice to say, Indiana Jones, this is your United States government and we don't trust you. Um, I would argue to go in a different direction. I mean, does it now mean he's a he's a man out on his own and things of that sort? And It's not like he's, you know, the, it's the opposite of James Bond saying, you know, just get this to Felix who will get it to M and then everyone, the, the combined forces of Britain and America will come in and save the day. So narratively, I appreciate that, but... It was weird in 2008 it was weird now it kind of like borderline like pete i'm not old enough to have had my my kind of core tv heroes be getting the stories of you know like sorry jim kirk we're gonna kill you because now these are next generation movies um or or things of that sort um but i kind of felt like oh here we are we're putting they're prepared to put, they, the, the government, the man, is prepared to put Indiana Jones out to pasture. At least they're never going to do that with Han Solo. Well,
1: it does a couple things. It establishes that he was active uh, in the war um, that we always saw him brushing up against, that the United States involvement brought him into it. There were adventures we never saw that weren't on the other thing that's going to show up on Wednesday on Disney plus that I'm never clicking on the adventures uh, of young
0: Indiana Jones, Pete, use yeah, it by its yeah. second name.
1: Yeah. And that there were there there are character stakes beyond the, the big, you know, world and uh, interdimensional stakes of, of this story and to have, uh, you know, Indiana's uh, Dean, friend charlie here played by jim broadbent um who delivers the news to him that uh he's been put on indefinite paid leave and that he himself had to resign as a result of even the implication that there's some kind of uh communism uh with indiana jones and Then the what do we do next? How do you clear yourself type of uh, interaction where we establish that well, several times that Marcus Brody, you know, there's a painting first in the um, in the university and then there's a photo on the desk, uh, just like there's a photo of Sean Connery who turned down a small part in this movie. Uh, and later a statue of Marcus in the uh, cycle chase through the college town um, that, you know, now in his later years, what was billed at the time as the last adventure before this now, definitely last adventure.
0: A um, couple of thoughts for this portion of the story. First of all, I suppose, I suppose the film is showing respect To actor Denholm Elliott to not recast the Marcus Brody character. But Jim Broadbent as the dean is fulfilling the Marcus Brody place in the story. I personally, my choice would have been just have Jim Broadbent play Marcus Brody, and we can all say, well, I wasn't the original guy in it. Oh, he died 15 years before this movie was made. I don't know. I would have liked the emotional continuity there, even though it wouldn't have been a visual, uh, you know, actor continuity. Um, but this, of course, does get us into the portion of the story where Young Greaser, Much Williams, is 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 introduced. And I have to say, watching the movie this time, obviously, I was familiar with the uh, the particulars of it and so forth. But I remember seeing the movie in two thousand eight, and it was no mystery that Karen Allen shows up. And it was no mystery that Shia LaBeouf was playing the son of Indiana Jones and of Marion. And that clearly is an outgrowth of the marketing because I was kind of pleasantly surprised... I was pleasantly surprised to see that the movie was not tipping its hand until the end when it tips it poorly, Uh, but it was not tipping its hand in terms of like, Shia LaBeouf is the next Indiana Jones in The Adventures of Indiana Jones Jr. coming sometime after this movie. Um, It's not as, it doesn't have that at the forefront as much. He just meets a younger guy. And I think if you didn't know where the story was headed, um, it, it hides it well enough.
1: Well, with the, the greaser son here, who I will only refer to as Mutt Lebeuf, and, you know, obviously his misdeeds and attempted, you know, uh, how, how how shall we say this here? Reconciliation or wh- whatever you want to attempt to call it, but clearly he is persona non grata uh, in the Indiana Jones universe uh and not because of you know his involvement in this film but to have him show up at this point and you know they go on that aforementioned motorcycle chase uh this filmed in uh new haven connecticut um to bring in the idea all right hey uh harold oxley has uh disappeared he's the link between Indiana Jones and Mutt Williams and then the lore of Francisco de Oriana, the Conquistador, and uh, El Dorado, the city of gold in the Amazon, and the riddle and these things to to bring us in with the Nazca lines, geoglyphs, uh, which all made me think about as I rewatched this, is uh, the new uh, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom game. Um and Matt, what you know really dawned on me: this full-on South American adventure. Let's not forget that uh, Indiana Jones and Mac are kidnapped from Mexico, brought to Nevada, to Connecticut, then to returning to Peru, the site of the first place we ever um, see Indiana Jones,
0: um, which is in line with some of the other movies although it's to point out you know temple of doom largely set in one overarching location one, one part of the world um but certainly we get the 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 map animation uh thing uh which let's not forget the origin was hey we're gonna shoot some expensive stuff and hey no we're running out of money what if we just did a map and uh you know stock footage of the plane and so forth Spotron, baby. yeah absolutely um, we also this is a portion of the story when they're initially in Peru and it's like, do you speak what they speak? I do. I do this. Part of me wanted to be like, okay, I'm kind of bored. Where's the giant boulder? Where's the whip? Where's the all this? Then I was like, you know, and I think this is a comment that is we
1: the poncho.
0: I I was okay with the poncho via reference, Pete, because I vaguely remember that is, from. Is
1: the... that the bit from? Uh that show i'm
0: never watching yes it is in fact oh we just had it open pete you it can feels um, like it. um if, if it feels like a very george lucas moment to acknowledge um to acknowledge <laughs> the the extended universe stuff so yes in addition to the poncho Villa reference um just this whole notion that we're seeing him do archaeological stuff and do archaeological work that is not You know the bag of sand and the golden idol and the boulder and things of that sort. Uh, Though it wasn't dazzling me as I was watching it, I was saying, you know, we don't always see Indiana Jones doing a ton of actual archaeology stuff, and I appreciate that they're taking the time to to do faux archaeology, film archaeology here.
1: I mean, they're not always going to be the Peruvian. Idle sequence with the the big boulder and the uh, bag of sand, as you mentioned. These are not on that level. They try to be different on their own. You know that they go to the sanatorium and that there's the return scribbling on the wall because the the crystal skull somehow needs to go back to Akator to where it was um and then that there's uh an indication on the floor where harold oxley had uh been institutionalized of, of where to go which is also some kind of raised like cemetery on a pyramid kind of thing above those geoglyphs so i guess like that in between sequence the the need for it is is slightly unclear um and then leading of course to their capture at the hands of the russians who can't do their own archaeology but already have uh the late great john hurt uh as oxley and to bring us in now to the possession of the crystal skull which they needed That there were other crystalline skeletons from, uh, you know, beings like the one recovered in Roswell, like the uh, Russian crashes, because let's remember how much real estate the Soviet Union took up. Of course, if there's going to be events like that on U.S. soil, there would have been some there. I really like how that's uh, put together. And then John Williams just takes that crystal skull and gives it this super eerie theme to go along with the power of it that Indiana Jones is now exposed to the same way that Harold Oxley was.
0: The grave portion I really enjoyed. You know, we've discussed how there's a certain tone in the first film uh, and they, spielberg and lucas wanted to take it even farther with the next one and how overall although i think it's you know uh temple of doom stands up as a product at the time kerfuffle so they kind of pull it back for the third one i feel like they're trying to get to a happy medium um not that the third film is tame by any stretch of the imagination but i think at a certain point when you say charming sean connery and also nazis back as reliable villains you know, the, the story doesn't necessarily take you to a place of um, some of the the, the scare, the, the not quite jump scare, but the scare moments that you had in the second film. The grave portion here, all of a sudden you're seeing the people coming out and so forth. Um, I, I just felt it was very kind of basic, but wonderful in terms of like, what is over there in the dark? Oh my goodness, it's a person. You see their eyes and all of that. Um, I think too, it's also like, Here's our big interior set because we had successes with that uh, in the past, and not everything can be shot on location. I did feel like any number one of these, uh, any any number of these scenes where it's a big set, and then what used to be a matte painting in the background, but now is a green screen with a digital thing in the background. I felt like I was very aware of the digital, the digital matte painting, in a way that maybe didn't happen again it's at this weird technology time where i'd rather have motion in my background and things of that sort as opposed to a static painting but i just kind of felt aware of it but but as you say pete they get uh they get captured we have also here again my memory seeing it was oh karen allen is in so much of it here we are at the at the midway point where um oh mutt is not mutt's not going to give anything over to the russians and the two of them, the two Joneses, uh, are unified in being prepared to fight the Russians. Oh, let's let's bring out someone who can uh, who can make you talk. And the reveal of Marion again. Pardon me, wishes I could have seen this movie where it was a surprise, uh, but alas, for me, it never was.
1: Karen Allen at fifty six here, returning to the role, um, arguably her re- most recognizable, and really with Indy to at the time, bring this uh, in a sense of uh, a full circle moment. And then Mutt's reveal that he is the son, as you said before, out in front with the marketing, much like with Sean Connery is Indiana Jones father in that film and you know similarly shows up at a point in that story um so not trying to trick you uh and again had you not been aware of the marketing you're just checking it out it's funny matt i run into a lot of people who are like oh i've never seen this film some who wear it proudly like you do um choose not to but you know i don't well well,
0: uh, i said i've never said i didn't see it i mean this movie made almost 800 million dollars in 2008 um, uh, the second highest grossing film of two thousand eight, behind only The Dark Knight, and one hundred and thirty million dollars ahead of, you know, third and fourth place, Kung Fu Panda and and uh, Hancock. So like th- this was a big, this was a big movie. This was a big hit. Say say what you might about uh, the visual effects or the story or the maudlin ending or the. <laughs> the poor vfx for the actual in flesh alien that we get a little bit and so forth there's many criticisms but one is not that i did not see this movie in 2008 and and nor that you know nobody saw it back in the day
1: i i went to see it in a theater at least three times that i can remember
0: (laughs) you Um, really hate yourself pete
1: i don't i don't (laughs) hate myself i really like Indiana jones (laughs) but uh you know the you've got to get the requisite you know, snake fear scene and, and to do it with the, the bickering amongst the reveal that, uh, Mutt is both, um, Marion's son and Indy's son and that the stuff about school before, uh, Hey, you know, don't, don't let anybody do to you what, uh, you don't want to do. Oh, no, you're going to go back to school. Um, I think it, all works. I I think people don't acknowledge uh, growth of a character at the same time. It's in it's in line with who they were, um, and really to push into this point with the associations now clear, um, the jungle cutter chase, which apart from the wonky physics and the lighting of the monkey swing scene, I think is generally and genuinely pretty good. Um, They shot this in Hawaii. They added, uh, you know, in terms of CGI, obviously, you know, the transition of the damage, the gigantic uh, diamond blade does, through all these vehicles. And then also the, the row of foliage, other than the ones that keep smacking uh, mutt in the crotch, uh, that, that were really there. Um, but who knew, Matt, that amidst this top tier action sequence that uh, um, Spalko's number two, Dovchenko, that family drama was his only
0: weakness? um i don't know pete whether it's the master himself steven spielberg whether it's the oscar-winning cinematographer Janusz Kaminsky. somebody keeps doing lens flares uh particularly in this scene again hey, i think well th- that's the weird th- that's the weird thing when i was watching this i'm like this is like 2013 2014 right like i was like this is a this is a post J.J. on the scene kind of thing. And to sit and go 2008, okay, it's before Star Trek 09, clearly. That's how years work. But let alone, like, this is J.J. has directed Um, maybe Mission Impossible. Yeah, certainly Mission Impossible 3 at this point, although that might not have been on, um, you know, like this movie, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, might have been made before Mission Impossible 3 was out. Like, this is a J.J. Abrams movie using those tools using things like when we get to the ant scene in a little bit you know where it's like squirt the ant and oh it's on the camera and things of that sort it's a very JJ Abrams language to it but it's prior to JJ Abrams doing it um I mean heck Pete I would even go so far as to argue if you're gonna have middling special effects in this jungle scene here and if you're gonna be hiding, issues with lens flares and with you know oh we're looking into the camera that's why the colors are washed out not because we did green screen wrong um a little jj J. abrams camera shake could only have improved things and again there's a certain degree where it's apples and oranges like particularly through the lens as i said before of modern star wars where they have said what does it mean to do star wars you need a certain amount of things that are that are physical and therefore less than hundred percent like you need a physical droid there and the fact that it's not going to be as animated as if you did a computer generated droid guy who's now going to ha- look like optimus prime with extra facial movements so he can smile like star wars deals in some restraints here i'm not saying those rules have to apply to indiana jones but it- it's like they don't understand all the tools in the toolbox particularly in this portion of the film
1: I really like this chase. I particularly like the portion where they come up to the cliff. Um, and then, you know, the the way that you go through the transitions of the sequence, the uh, gigantic ants, you know, we've done bugs, we've done snakes. Who knows what kind of gross out, uh, you know, ecology we'll get into in uh, the new film. But the idea here that you're, um, you know, fighting in this gigantic uh, ant hill and they're, you know, going up to try to grab Spalco and then, you know, the big tough guy uh, and using the crystal skull to make the ants have to go around uh, and ultimately getting pulled into the ant hill after um, you know, the, the big tough guy and and Indy have the fist fight and he finally wears him down. Uh, I like it. And I think it's, it's wonderfully punctuated by, uh, John Williams.
0: I, I liked the ant portion, uh, too. I mean, to to me, ants versus spiders. I'll take ants any day of the week. (laughs) Um, Pete, I'll say this, the, the mummy, nine years prior, the mummy did it better with the scarabs and so forth. Um, I really felt like, too, when the Russian is being... Uh, the portion where it's like subsumed, even before he's pulled into the hill and still moving a little bit. When he's being subsumed, I think they cut away... A second and a half too early. And I really felt like this is Spielberg going, no, 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 editor Michael Kahn, don't show too much of that. Or who knows how much was shot pre-vised, computer, done in the computer, blah, blah. But like, I feel like Spielberg is cutting away early because he's got cold chills of when, you know, w- when there was all the uh, Temple of Doom concerned about too much like we're getting it we're getting our scary moment but quick take it go go back to Harrison for the reaction shot because by gum I don't want some lady coming up to me and saying you made my child cry
1: (laughs) you know the sword fight on the duck boats and then to to be there right by the waterfalls the the riddles that ox had uh you know three times it drops. That they wind up going down and down and down rather than by land through the water here. All right, I'll, I'll give you to the, the duck boat in the in the tree branch there. That doesn't quite hold up well.
0: See, um, I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with the the going over the falls and the way that the physics of how that looks and then they survive. Again, it might be a oh, weird line. Tired.
1: Like come on. They, they you know, to have Karen Allen at the end just clutching a steering wheel, there is cost to it. It it's played more for laughs than it is for thrills. Completely grant you that. Um, but I I think lined up in the sensibility of these four soon to be five films is is within what we've seen before and what we will again
0: um it's around this point in the story when there there's the reveal that uh that mac has been leaving these uh homing beacons transponders whatever it might be um which is not not a source of complaint in fact if anything well, you know what, Pete? I will turn it into a complaint, and here's how. Perhaps the story is trying to figure out a way how to keep our baddies with our goodies and so forth. I, I do buy this as the single cross, double cross, no one, two, three, triple cross, and all of that. Um, I, I guess nobody thought about giving Mac a pat down, but 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 that's okay. It does keep the uh, you know the luminous Kate Blanchett on the heels of our heroes.
1: I think it's a necessary evil. Um, to do that and then to traffic in the trope of the double the triple agent that even so Indy and we somehow care for when he's in trouble late in the film getting sucked into the interdimensional vortex there the arrival at Akator the Uga natives coming out of the the temple uh the the menace that that presents before they get to the top and you know what is indiana jones at its core with the nature of his character as an archaeologist it's figuring out these puzzles right it's oh we've got to make the sand come out of the column here and then open up this. Uh, staircase that there's spikes at the bottom that unsuccessful uh, raiders uh, have come across, and and then really like the idea that in this temple we establish for you know Indiana Jones and the audience again by proxy that they are like him that these were. Archaeologists of another dimension, you know, things from all over the world in this spot, um, that you dovetail both just adding a a shine to the narrative. They are like him. He is like them. So when Spalco, Catches up, and you know what is her quest for the knowledge, right? That later on, um, Indiana Jones, after her demise, reveals that the Uga word for uh, knowledge translates to treasure, um, and there is such a thing as too much of a good thing, and and that she gets her her brains melted her eyes burned out the rest of her being subsumed by knowledge.
0: Um, she does. I, I could not escape the look. It's a cool visual when things are spinning and now all of a sudden the skeletons are kind of coming together and so forth. I I think that the, the texture on the interdimensional being who somehow is not an alien. Um, that's a bit off it is wholly in line with the other indiana jones films that you know indiana jones is not there for the big luke skywalker darth vader showdown you know as we've said in the other films frequently indiana jones is weirdly at the periphery of his own story when there is the true tip of the climax for the story um as you say pete she's too greedy she she drinketh too much from the proverbial cup uh as opposed to little cup in the last one um and meets her end um i think it's fitting that mac could have lived if not for his his wanting all the gold and treasure and so forth he had to pay the story price
1: he, he lets go though i'll be okay like it's it's on his terms it's not indy's guilt that i lost a friend who made poor decisions i could have saved him um there's a lot going on in this finale that you've got the aqueducts and the engineering as they're escaping here. And then the really interesting shot of the, the temple kind of crumbling away and the, the saucer within it that I think they do a pretty visually interesting idea with the rocks rising up and kind of the the ambient sound to hide and then you know the line from the film like a a a broom to their footprints that no one would ever know that here it is this with harold oxley's uh faculties fully returning here and catching up to the rest of the story oh wait it's it's indie it's it's, he's got a child, and th- this was someone I taught. That is is now in his own story, uh, all to lead us here to this epilogue.
0: A weak epilogue, in my view. Uh, we get the curtain oh, call.
1: How can you be so hard-hearted? Okay, the, while Indiana Jones has always chased the knowledge. What's the thing that he's lacked the most? The the inner spection, the the knowledge of self that uh, we've wanted him to have, and that you would go and bring Karen Allen back all these years later to what was assumed. I mean, the making of the production And release of this film all these years later, you know, we still haven't really kind of grasp a concept for these sequels that happen so so long after their originals, and then so long from the most recent one. It's almost like they're they're willed into existence. There's years and years and years of talk, um, and then. You know, sometimes, occasionally it happens. And and this was a big one that, wow, you know, 19 years later, we all thought it was done. And how could Harrison Ford come back? And and now that late in his 70s, he's made one that will release when he is 80. Just mind-blowing and interesting to see how they go about doing that beyond the de-aging that they've been talking about in the promotional stuff, but from an emotional standpoint, all right, you've revealed that Marion and Indy had a child. Well, now let's make this official, um, love the, uh, John Hurt, uh, read of the line there, you know, how much of human life lost in waiting. It's almost like he knows, uh, our experience with this film.
0: Well, I, I think what spoils the ending for me is it's not the wedding as uh, I I do take a little, like, I, I appreciate, as I said, I appreciate that the, the Marcus actor had passed away. So your, your curtain call for everybody who would be there at the wedding, it consists of the two British guys who were in this movie earlier. Um, That's fine. Okay. The, the, the wedding itself is fine. The, uh, you don't like wind. That? Well, the, the, the pomposity with which the story and whether this the is door. the 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 door the door blows open, and then there's the hat, and then who's going to reach for get it?
1: That's the whole point. He well, wait, he
0: gets... he doesn't get it, but I would argue that the camera the camera does the camera that the camera gives and it to him, which is fine. Indiana Jones takes it, walks out. Then Indiana Jones walks out of the movie while the camera stays with. Mutt, because what the camera is really saying is what you want is more from this guy we're not going to see indiana jones exiting the church in happiness like you know exterior him walking towards the camera and so forth no the camera's going to stay with shia labeouf because you want more of of mutt don't you that's where things are headed
1: it is it is aided in that shia labeouf threw away the opportunity with you know two hands and probably a leg um, to ever get a shot at this you know from cast to the heir apparent the son to no kid you're you're never doing this
0: um do, do you think pete that there will be a scene in dial of destiny where indy is at his desk and he says i miss you marcus look at the picture i miss you dad look at the picture I miss you, Marion. Look at the picture. I miss you, Mutt. Look at the picture. Oh, who's that? Must be my goddaughter, Fleabag. Let's go on an adventure. Fleabag. God. Matt will now refer to uh,
1: Phoebe Waller-Bridge as uh, <laughs> Fleabag uh, only in that film. Um, I guess my question, Matt, is are you asking me?
0: Um. I'm not really asking you, no. Uh, I, I would just say... you know I know. Well, maybe this way. Karen Allen is still... Here's what I would propose. Karen Allen is still with us in this world. Sean Connery, obviously not. Uh, Denim Elliott, not. And, and as you say, Pete, um, look, Shia LaBeouf, in addition to his career circa, not too long after this movie, his career circa 2011 or so was already on a decline and maybe that was just because he's aging out of playing the teenager and maybe there wasn't you know maybe that was just a cruel hollywood thing but certainly since circa 2020 and allegations of uh at, at the very least shall we say being an unkind uh unkind to women um yeah there's no there's no way we get a shia labeouf moment here so could we get karen allen saying kissing indy on the head saying ah if only mutt was here but of course he's doing his universe he's the professor whatever it is reference to him maybe but um (laughs) point being there's less there's less uh you know former people to be in this movie than you might like
1: even responding to what you said uh, i'm I, i i can't for fear of spoiling anybody um but you know with with one film to go not knowing when they had wrapped obviously uh kingdom of the crystal skull it served at the time it would have been a fitting final adventure yes the camera favors laboeuf like he was going to take it over Steven Spielberg, Harrison Ford, incredibly disappointed in what the actor and what the person did not long after to the point where they made it clear, yeah, no, you're not going to sit at our table anymore. Um, But with one to go, Matt, and again, you know, I'm super excited uh, to see this. Uh, and, you know, the premiere haven't happened in, in con, the five-minute ovation that uh, Harrison Ford was given and the Lifetime Achievement Award, uh, you know, this will be the end for this character. I think a, a proper and a, a timely end, hopefully not the end of the universe. We mentioned Loki season two. You've got Kei Hui right there. Um let's let's get a Disney plus short round series. There let's let's make it happen. Yeah. I I can't uh indicate my desire
0: enough for that. And I feel like unlike the way in which Kingdom of the Crystal Skull ended, where again literally the camera does not stay with Indiana Jones, I think that we can we can hammer home at the end of Dial of Destiny, you know, the glorious end for this character. And I know post credit scenes, like, they, they existed in 2008, but they weren't part of the... In fact, ironically, Pete, uh, May of 2008 was also when they really started to get kicked off in earnest with Iron Man. Um, but, you know, if there is, whether it's the Phoebe Waller-Bridge character, whether it's Kihi Kwan, whatever it might be... If you want to kick that off in this movie, but you want to not take away from this movie, now there really is that place to do the mid-credit, the post-credit, whatever it is, both. There really is that place to do it where we as the audience are clear, it's not part of the story we just saw. It's the place where you tell us things that might happen in the future and all of that. So, uh, though there is one Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones film to go, uh, the end not necessarily over for the Indiana Jones universe, this, this type of story and so forth.
1: I don't think they're going to go to that type of setup. Um, you know, this, this is about ending Indy's story, but the potential remains there to pass a, the baton batons off. Um, and I think there's still a thirst for this type of serialized storytelling. Gotta be done better, Matt, than, you know, the young Indiana Jones mess that we've referred to a couple times here that you can now
0: check out on Disney and good luck with that. Listen, all all I would say about that, look, we both have similarly poor memories of that show. All I would say is... I I just
1: remember being so bored to tears. I'm like, have, have the people who made... This, who many of which participated in the making of the others,
0: never seen them. <laughs> uh, all I know is this the show has the show had been re edited in the late 1990s. So, if for both you and I, Pete, our memories are of the original show, if you're gonna check out, if you, me, anybody's gonna uh check out the show when it hits Disney. Plus check it out with the eyes of somebody has gone and re-edited somebody has heard the audience say there are problems with this show. And I I can only assume those problems have been addressed in terms of how the narrative is presented.
1: Well, Matt, there might be problems with that TV show, but there's no problems over on patreon.com slash fantastic geek.
0: Indeed, Pete, we don't need to go to Peru to uh dig for trinkets and so forth. We can stay right here, keep podcasting every week due to the fact that we are listener supported, due to that, help on patreon.com slash fantastic geek and our ongoing thanks to those who support us there. Everybody who contributes gets access
1: to exclusive podcast content, all sorts of levels to choose from, but it takes just a dollar a month to get you into our golden temple. Uh, can't contribute right now get yourself over to apple podcast leave us a rating or a review which helps us just as much
0: and pete though we are today talking about indiana jones we also as you mentioned pete have talked about the three great pillars here uh so if anybody wants to reach out to talk about indiana jones or star wars or star trek or the marvel cinematic universe how can people be in touch with you
1: you can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-A-T-L-R-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 12,832 followers. Can't be wrong.
0: And while I'm personally on Twitter is Looking Back Lost, do me in touch with the podcast. Comment on fantasticgeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail, where we are FantasticGeek Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more.
1: Facebook.com slash fantasticgeek with the P-H, all one word, like
0: it today. Pete, in the near future, we will be talking Loki. We will be talking Star Trek Strange New Worlds. We'll be talking Secret Invasion. We'll be talking Ahsoka and more. For now, though, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. You want to be a good archaeologist? You
1: got to get out of the library.